What is legacy? Is it the amount of awards you've won, the amount of money you've made, or the houses you've bought? Or is it rather the imprint you've made on people's hearts and minds, the inspiration birthed in millions you've never met, the love people feel when they think of your essence? This is how I would like to describe Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter Gianna, died on Sunday morning after a fatal helicopter crash. Once the news broke, it felt like the entire world stopped. A collective gasp and heartbreak was felt by everyone. Because even if you never met Kobe, you respected how he handled himself, how he loved the game of basketball, and how he was passionate about helping and supporting others. Whether that was through his Mamba Sports Academy, award-winning documentary, or imaginary book series inspired by Harry Potter. And although he was 41, he had so much promise in the beginning of a second act and still what we believed had so much more work to be done. And Gianna, only 13, who was seen as his basketball protege, was just getting started. Myself, like many others, grew up loving the game of basketball because of watching Kobe, or the Black Mamba as we affectionately called him, making the winning shot over and over again. For me, it was like Christmas watching him play on Sundays. And my aunt hated the Lakers because she loved the Knicks. I grew up in New York, so of course. But I always admired Kobe because of his pursuit of excellence, his work ethic, aside from just being very attractive. (laughs) But all in all, he was just so good at the game and so happy playing it. So this hits very, very hard harder than most. I can't speak for others, but for me, so many thoughts come to mind. I I mean, my head hurts, honestly, while recording this. But the main thing that goes through my mind is that, you know, I'm 33. You know, 41 isn't that far off. We cannot predict when our lives will end, but we just pray that we can live a life as impactful as he did, as brief as it was. I send my thoughts and condolences to Vanessa and the Bryant family, as well as the families of those also lost in the crash. Please join me in a moment of silence for the next 24 seconds. Kobe, you will certainly be missed. Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and comments are currency. So please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. Hey y'all. So we made it through January. Well, 
almost, because as I look at my calendar, it is the 28th, and I gotta be honest, I'm ready for this month to be over. January is typically my slowest and lowest revenue month of the year, and it was certainly felt. The great news is that all of my bills were paid. I had more free time to plan and review my business. I am redesigning my website and even improving a few workflows. I have more clarity on my overall goals for this year, and I feel pretty optimistic about the year to come. I'm even expanding my offerings for beauty and wellness product-based businesses, which will roll out in the spring. However, I did find myself feeling like I had too much free time, and it led me through a rabbit hole of maybe too much thought and contemplation. So I know that this drop in revenue and activity is actually quite expected. So it's not necessarily, you know, will my business tank this year? Because it doesn't really matter how much you try to sell a product or service during January. People are either out on vacation or they're simply recouping from spending a lot of money a month prior, which is another conversation in and of itself. And I also understand that my packages are an investment. I know they are. You know, I don't offer discounts or specials, which is by design. So it's expectant, quite frankly, that January is literally going to be the slowest month of my year. So before I go into my issue with having too much free time, I wanted to just share what I've done with my free time. So I have tried some cooking recipes from one of the girls that I truly admire, Anna Brofman, her book, Do What Feels Good, Beauty and Cookbook. Um, deliciousness and goodness this entire month, y'all. Highly recommend. Um, using my hands is where I find a lot of joy and cooking amazing food is an enjoyable pastime for me. I can play Chopped on my laptop while cooking and be totally happy. The next thing that I've been doing is just prepping and planning the podcast, which again, I find a lot of joy and excitement in. I find joy in coming up with the topics, with interviewing, with recording, even the editing, which I know is the bane of existence for a lot of people. But for me, I just thoroughly enjoy every part of the process. I've been planning some really amazing guest episodes, and I honestly can't wait for them to share their nuggets with you. And my goal for this year is to release 50 episodes. And the only way that happens is having simple and easy to follow plans in place. That includes having the intro and outro pre-recorded, which they are, allocating one day out of the week for interviews, and then two days for editing. The goal for me here is providing consistent quality content for you guys. The last thing I've been doing this month is journaling and a lot using the Elegant Excellence Journal by Hillary Rushford. I've actually always appreciated Hillary's approach to business. I was first introduced to Hillary during B-School by Marie Forleo in 2015 and the Dean Street Coterie. And I've been a fan of Hillary's honestly ever since. The January section of her journal is quite long. It's about 84 pages and the planning is so extensive and detailed. I gotta be honest with you, I'm, I'm a little planned out. I'm, I'm a little pooped out from all the planning. However, I have so much more clarity on what my non-negotiable goals are for 2020 
And I'm going to be honest, it's not what I expected. Most of my goals are quite personal and they truly require discipline versus doing more stuff, which has led to me having more space, more peace, and more free time, which leads me back to free time. You know, I have prayed for a time where I didn't have to work a typical 40-hour work week to make enough money to take care of myself and cover all of my business expenses. There was a time when I was working two to three jobs simultaneously, barely making ends meet. And I kept saying to myself, there has to be better. I know there is better. And as the meme goes, I've prayed to get to where I am now, even though this is not where my journey ends. Needless to say, I feel like I've gotten some of my time back. And now that I have it back, I'm grappling with feelings of not wanting to lose it. (laughs) I don't want to immediately add a thing to do or add a major endeavor that can take me away from my precious time. I don't. I I really value my free time and the ability to just do nothing. And part of me feels guilty, while another part of me just simply doesn't care. The part of me that feels guilty is what I'm talking about today. So part of this guilt comes from scrolling a little bit too much on Instagram. You know, I see how people seemingly use their free time And it's based on what is curated on their feeds. And as I said, it is a curated representation of their lives. I have a full grasp of that. But still, part of me feels like I'll be judged for not doing anything. But y'all, one of my personal goals was the ability to want to do nothing for long stretches of time. What would make it sweeter would be being on a beach or being away while not doing anything. In other words, I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a pursuit to do the next big thing. And there was a time when I couldn't afford the time to just sit with my thoughts. My livelihood literally depended on constantly moving. I think it's that feeling of needing to always be in survival mode. I don't have to feel that way anymore, and it's a very weird feeling. And we see what happens when someone goes from surviving to thriving, right? They're eating better. They're making better choices because they can make better choices. They're just living better just in general. But the reality is that transition isn't necessarily smooth, and that is something that I'm currently coping with. One of my personal one-year goals is to build a stronger relationship with God. And I know he speaks to me the most while in moments of stillness or quiet. I can be on the bus or laying in my bed or reading a book. It doesn't matter. I just have to be still. And I'm currently exhibiting patience in what my next steps and moves should be. And while that sounds lovely, for someone who just said her livelihood used to depend on constantly moving, now not having to do so much, it is a rough transition if I'm being completely honest. And furthermore, another moment of transparency, I don't want to feel like a beginner in something else right now. Like that feeling just completely sucks. (laughs) I know the memes say you have to be comfortable with being a beginner before you can get better. And it's easier to share the memes because you believe in it. But in practice, it is completely frustrating and annoying. I am an Enneagram 3 and a type A adjacent personality. 
I secretly strive for perfection while being effortless in doing so. Therefore, introducing something new into my current lifestyle would be emotionally exhausting for me right now. Let's quickly talk finances because earlier in the episode, I mentioned I use the Elegant Excellence Journal to refine my goals for this year. And they are improving my credit score, saving $5,000, so hold me accountable, y'all, and releasing 50 episodes of Real Talk with Tamara. But please note, I didn't say make $80,000 in my business, launch a mastermind, launch a program or a course, and figure out my million dollar idea. Free time has shown me this. It doesn't matter what your revenue goals are if your financial discipline is shit. If you think having six figures is going to solve your immediate problems, and they may temporarily, if you're overspending, not being mindful of how and where you're spending your money, that six figures will only take you so far. And while my business is important and literally the primary source of my income right now, surprisingly, it isn't my major priority. My financial health is, regardless of what is in my bank account. Because I know if I'm financially healthy, I'll be able to do the things that I truly want to do. Lastly, let me also say this loud and clear and for the record, having free time has allowed me to make the declaration comfortably that I do not want to launch a course. And for a long time, I thought I did actually for about three years with different variations. I felt that if I wasn't making five figures in courses, I wasn't successful. Or if I didn't have a course, I'm leaving money on the table, which in theory can be true if that is something I truly desire to do. And for a time, I did until I truly asked myself how I wanted to utilize my time. I had to honestly and deeply evaluate my own feelings about courses. Yes, I want to monetize my knowledge and expertise and diversify my income, but was a course the way? Am I creating a course out of ego or because it is something truly needed? So we know that one of the cardinal rules when launching a business or a program is understanding that there is a problem that needs to be solved. And furthermore, knowing people are willing to pay a premium for it. And y'all, nobody asked me to create a course. Like nobody asked me that with every course or program, I found that while in the beginning I was completely enthusiastic, that I eventually became easily discouraged and distracted. I'm comfortable with even saying here that there was a little self-sabotage. Self-sabotage typically refers to developing sometimes rather harmful behaviors that interfere with your goals. However, self-sabotage can manifest in other subtle, not so harmful ways. Sometimes it is a hard look in the mirror that we just don't want to deal with. Um, So just hear me out for a second. For for me personally, I found that self-sabotage manifested itself when I was doing something I wasn't completely passionate about. I was good at it, could possibly do it in my sleep, but to be honest, I didn't love it enough. So imagine investing four figures in a program that teaches you how to build a course to only break even. Maybe even you hit about $5,000 compared to others making $50,000, $300,000, even a million dollars. Feelings of discouragement 
would be a complete understatement. How is it possible that someone with the same content, same instruction, and same application is making more than you? But the reality is that shouldn't have stopped me. Instead, it should have encouraged me to keep going. So why didn't it? Because the feelings I had surrounding course creation were those of stress, limited fulfillment, and complete overwhelm. Like I was literally losing sleep about my course calendar and my, my launch calendar. Should I do a pre-launch? Should I do a pre-sale? When do I have the real launch? What about post-launch? Like all of that shit was just stressing me out. And I know that this is probably a very unpopular opinion because courses are the wave right now, but I'm going to stop trying to make courses happen within my business. (laughs) In my business, my focus has always been creative and art direction for product-based businesses. That is what I love, what I focus on, even with the hiccups that may come. And coming to this decision once I truly sat down and listened honestly wasn't hard. I was exhibiting stubbornness when God was truly trying to tell me to sit down, shut up, and listen. When I looked at my core values and truly asked myself how I wanted to feel in my business, developing a course and all that comes with it wasn't the direction that I wanted to go or should have gone, at least for right now. I guess with all this being said, I'm probably giving free time a hard time because having all this time has allowed me to be very introspective and very self-aware, which sometimes can be very uncomfortable. And it's very possible that my thoughts on how I want to use my time or not use my time will change, but I'm simply sharing this one because of transparency. But two, you know, once the smoke clears and you found a rhythm in your business, you will find that you have regained some of your time back. You will be able to breathe deeply. You will be able to see above the fog and you'll be able to have these conversations with yourself too. With all of this being said, I'm ready for January to be over so I can move on to February. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara, Real Talk for Real Women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.